Hey everybody, we are back with another Bald Move TV podcast. It's been a long ass time since we've done a, a real one of these. Has it been a long time? I think so. At least like eight months. weeks. Eight weeks? All right. I'd, I'd say, yeah. Because we talked about in the last one a little bit like the Brink and Ballers, but they were just kind of getting started. I think we'd seen the pilots maybe. Yeah, sounds about right. Because it, right. it was a, at the same time that um, that Andy Samberg tennis movie came out. Oh, yeah. Um, Which was just after Seven Game Days of Thrones. Hell. Seven yeah, Days, yeah. Yep. It's been a while, um, but there are a couple shows on, and and those two shows just finished up, and we want to talk a little bit about those. And then there's another show um, on Netflix called Narcos that just came out that we want to talk about. Yep. Uh, so we figured we'd, we'd also step back into this wanna, arena. I want to start a conversation with the listeners about Mr. Robot. Okay. All right. I haven't seen... I, I saw like half of the first episode. Yeah, we'll talk so about that when we get okay. there. Do we want to save that for the end, the Narcos and Mr. Robot? Uh, that'll work, yeah. Okay. What do you want to talk about first? Is that Brink? Uh, let's start with the Brink, yeah. Sure. So here's my trajectory to the Brink. I really like the first two or three episodes. Mm-hmm. Z-Pak decided he was going to start his second family and get abducted by British... Yeah. Archaeologists. Tomb, tomb raiding, sort of sex yeah. club swingers. Yeah, a perverted version of Indiana Jones. I don't know. <laughs> and, and things got just really silly with this, the, the, the way that Tim Robinson was just running roughshod over the entire apparatus of the United States of America's government. And I was like, man, this is a shit show. I don't even know if I'm going to finish the season. And somehow the final like two or three episodes completely redeemed it. Like they got back on track. They essentially just dismissed all that crazy shit with Z-Pak. I like Z-Pak and Jammer. Z-Pak and Jammer lit up in the cockpit of a plane. Comedy gold. Mm -hmm. Outside the cockpit, they were useless to me. Yeah, I didn't. So I didn't follow the same arc with Tim Robbins character. Like I thought the stuff that he was doing was always entertaining me. Um, oh, and also he, the Jack Black and the John Larroquette, him being a religious fundamentalist trying to bring apart the apocalypse yeah. that got a little, I mean, I, I constantly kept reminding myself, this is satire, right? Like yeah. take none of this seriously. It's all supposed to be ridiculous and over the top. And, but having said that there's good satire and bad satire. It, that's true. Yeah. And Clever I, I satire. Like, Jack Black is kind of a shadow of what he used to be, and I appreciated what he used to be. Mm. And now he's kind of not as Jack Blacky anymore. He's more toned down and mainstream, and I don't know. I don't know. Jack Black just doesn't do it for me as much anymore. Um, so I, I wasn't really on board with that storyline. Does he have a different gear than what he's got? Like, think Still, of all the, I'm like, not like, sure. Like Tim Robbins, like, well, I mean... Even Jack Black in his heyday was just crazy kind of primal force in nature. Like, he doesn't yeah. have very many other gears. Like, uh, But I didn't feel to... like that gear was even engaged in this show. Yeah. He was kind of Not trying enough. to phone in the old Jack Black. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe he's missing Kyle Gass. He needs Kyle on there set you go. To, to keep him on track. Rage Cage. Yeah. He's getting back out. Uh, so, yeah, I, I wasn't really invested in that storyline. But the, the the Tim Robbins stuff kept me engaged most of the time. That Even was... when it was over the top. And, yeah, he, he couldn't defy the president's orders and all this shit and, yeah. and still not be hanged for treason and stuff. But, yeah. you know, it, it still worked. Really. I, I think what brought me back around to me is when the United States dropped the bomb on the presidential oh, mansion God, after Tim Robbins wrong had... Guy. That, that He had solved the problem and they fucked it up just because they were so gung-ho about blowing people up yeah no that was really funny and satisfying and that his led tension, to the final yeah. arc of the season being you know and i was kind of invested Great, in his yeah. wife and his relationship by the end it's an interesting one yeah i like it like you know she 
I, I felt like um, I don't know. It was a happier version of the House of Cards story. Yeah, it's like, it's almost like somewhere along the, along the way she lost respect for him, and then he gained it back by well, not like that, but he also did this one particular move, much like the Francis's, uh, or no, I'm sorry, the uh, Underwoods. Uh, the yep. Underwoods. He had kind of lost the plot with her too, like. Her needs and her career and her ambitions were completely sub, 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 subsumed for his. Yeah. And she was tired of it and had to remind him that uh, she's also a formidable person that has to be dealt with. And he actually Indeed. took that to heart. So, Yeah, and it worked out for him. Uh, I got to say, man, this last episode that they showed was pretty exciting. It like Agreed. The tension of will they get to the bomb in time? Yep. Uh, will they be able to stop it uh-huh. when they're out of weapons? Uh-huh. What the fuck do you do? And just can you imagine like shooting down another plane at fifteen hundred miles an hour? Like the the adrenaline rush that that must be dogfighting sure. in air. Yeah, in no, the air, like crazy. It's I think that any time that you, I, I've, it's funny because I mean this season of MythBusters, uh-huh. they've been teaching, they've been doing a lot of myths that involves personal combat. Like, uh, one of them involved whether you can shoot through walls to, you know, like a lot of movies, you see people like, you know, Agent Smith will track Morpheus through a wall and shoot him. And they're like, you know, can you actually do that? So they built the studio where the paper, the walls were literally made out of paper Mm -hmm. and armed the Jamie and Adam with paintball guns and they stalked each other. And it turns out you can't. And but they talked about like how what an adrenaline rush that it's it's easy like because you got a little bit of expectation of pain and you want to win. And yeah. so you take that baseline like if you played paintball and then think <laughs> of like real bullet situations like what soldiers mm-hmm. have gone through. I can see. I mean, that, and then throw in the fact that you're traveling at Mach yeah. two, Mach whatever. What you're doing is fundamentally dangerous, and now you're got bombs and missiles and guns. It it's it got to be one be. of the craziest, most badass experiences you can have on the planet. And also, you're lit out of your mind <laughs> in this particular. <laughs> There's that instance. too. Yeah, you've been drinking mouthwash all day. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was pretty awesome. I like that. That was amazing. Like that. And then the fact that they have to use the plane to shoot down a plane and then sure the ending sets up season two perfectly right i thought so this rogue nuke that's going to be out there this is something like out of a tom clancy book and i'm wondering i i I cannot believe how quickly i veered from i'm about to pull the eject lever on this season (laughs) to i not only am i not ready to do that but i'm actually excited for season two yeah me too i'm i'm on board so you, although you would up. think that and it's only half hour. I mean, that's the thing. Like these shows, like you can burn through the whole season in like three oh, hours yeah. and change. So it's, it's easy to watch. Pretty friendly. Sure. Both of these shows we're about to talk about are like uh, that. when we did our contact podcast, the, the commission cast we did. Yes, sir. We talked about how CNN kind of got in a little bit of hot water for like using their actual reporters and such um, in the movie. Sure. They did the exact same thing here, so they learned nothing. Well, from I would say their that, experience with content again. That's not any cable news company. It's not with them appearing in television shows and movies that hurts their credibility. It's mm-hmm. them, you know, not being credible uh, to to a lot of, <laughs> of people watching them. That hurts their credibility. Sure, but you know, the big help. problem with that is like it was a Fox. It, it was it was a uh, not a Fox. I'm sorry. It was a company owned by 
the Turner apparatus that both made the movie in. So it made it seem like it was a little bit tit for tat. It's a conflict of interest. Gotcha. But yeah, like, you know, I don't know. I, I think that's to me. It works for me. I don't know why you wouldn't have real news reporters. Right. I mean, I, I, in I don't understand why journalists do it, honestly, right. because I, I, especially in a comedy, it, I feel like it does make them look silly and does rob them of their credibility. Like, I can't believe Walter Cronkite would be on the brink. Yeah, and doing something maybe a little silly. Or Peter Jennings or anything like, you know, maybe I was wrong. Maybe, you know, Tom Brokaw. Probably the, the last guy I remember being respected, like, universally is, like, Tom Brokaw. And even he yeah. was, like, a shadow of the, the other guys. I don't ever remember him doing anything like that. Mm, I don't either. So maybe, again, the credibility is the fact that these guys are whoring themselves out. And that they just, like, oh, look at me. I'm on a television show or... <laughs> I, yeah, it is weird. I just thought it was funny coming right off our contact yeah, thing yeah. that I that I saw another thing with him in it. Yeah, well, and they're all up in like House of Cards too, which is another deeply silly yeah. franchise. So whatever, mm-hmm. man, you want to trade your credibility <laughs> for a fictional show's credibility with what little credibility you have? I guess sure. cash it in for the incomes. <laughs> uh, so that's Brink. Yep. Shall we talk about Ballers? What do you think of Ballers? Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed Entourage. And this is kind of a sports version of Entourage. So I liked it. It's, There's it's some fun. Subtle it's easy to watch, just like The Brink. I watched the last season or two of Entourage, so I didn't see Entourage in its glory years. Yeah, the last two seasons are not nearly as good. But here's the differences that I can see. Uh, number one, I feel like The Rock is just awesome. Yeah, like, he is. He's amazing. You, you want The Rock to be your big brother. You want him to be your in your posse. You want to be him to like you. Like whereas an entourage, I never really did. You so if you started watching season seven, I think you saw a coked up Adrian Grenier, right? I think he was recovering from that because okay. season seven is when he's, he finally yeah he turns into a this. real shit in that show, and I don't yeah. know if The Rock's going to turn into a shit. It doesn't seem like it. I don't think. Like I think it's probably gold. against his. Yeah, it, yeah, it's in his contract. I will not play the bad guy any, right. anymore. Right. Uh, but but Adrian Grenier in the beginning of Entourage is a lot like The Rock. He is super charming. He's good really? looking. He's fun. Yeah, I mean, you just. You get the feeling like I would love to be in this guy's posse. Yeah. I, I'd love to roll around with that guy. But you, I totally like instantly bought the the Rock as this intelligent ex athlete that would be the anchor of a talent agency. Or it's not even a talent yeah. agency; it's a financial planning agency, which we talked about. Like that's a real life problem athletes face. A lot For of sure. young men from dubious backgrounds, not necessarily the best educated, gone through a college system, doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm about them getting their money. A lot of times they get out early without the degree and then they get ha- handed these eight, nine figure contracts, mm-hmm. blow through it, and then they can't play anymore and they're broke. And everybody's got their hand out too. That's indeed. And they, it's an interesting study in the lives of a lot of these athletes at various ports in the career. Like you've got a guy like The Rock who yeah. seemed like he did okay for himself, but he's still kind of like he can't help. I think, I think he made that mistake, didn't he? Didn't he? Isn't he there something we, we in there that, that he blew through his money? Well, and... he he gave the the defensive end, the, the, who's kind of like a major character, one he's trying to land, and he's got the big problem with his boy. Yeah, uh, he gave him three hundred thousand dollars, which wiped him out. Which I want to say was like a signing bonus at this job or something. 
something. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not totally certain. But I here's get... the thing: like this, you consume this show exactly the same way you do a bag of cotton candy. Oh yeah. So the detail, and here's the other big difference in Entourage. Like from my experience in Entourage, no one faced any real consequences for anything. Uh. Mm. Hmm. Eh. I don't, okay. I don't want to go too into spoiler territory. But Whereas in Ballers, the consequences are roam, are out there in the margins. Like, this person's going to get blackmailed and it's going to ruin his career. Yeah. The Rock is going to find out he has some crazy concussion psychosis that's going to uh, rob him of his uh, sanity. Uh, he's addicted to drugs, but like... You know, this guy's going to cheat on his wife and 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 lose his life he's bit for, b- built for himself. But always at the last minute, it turns out, nope, the medical checks are okay. Rock gets his megawatt smile yeah. on. He puts his sunglasses on. The hip-hop starts bumping, and everything's all right. I feel like that's a season one Mark Wahlberg thing. Like, mm. Mark Wahlberg does not want to get into the real shit until, like, seasons three, four, maybe. Because, like, so with the end of this, I was expecting... um the, what's his name from the Daily Show? Uh, Rob yeah, Corddry right. and uh, The Rock were going to go off and form their own company, mm-hmm. and it was going to be kind of a battle of wills versus the big guy. Sure, uh, that did not happen. They got drawn back into the big guy's arms here. I actually think that's a smart move. I think at some point though, it's going to come back around, and they're going to sure. start their own company, and that's going to be like the season three, four. But they'll be better. They'll they'll be better prepared for. Yes, like, I have wish, more clients in their pocket. I wish we could have raged quit a multimillionaire's podcast network, and then one of us <laughs> uh-huh. cooler heads would prevail, and we'd wind up with a giant promotion, and the other guy back in. Like I wish we had that situation. Sure, that was the ideal opportunity for them, right? Sure, it's it's most of the creative free now. What it'll be interesting is if they set up the conflict where they're not going to have the creative freedom and this guy's still going to be a micromanager kind of mm. asshole and yep. and what kind of f- trouble they'll get into. Um, I thought that the arc of the old, he just retired. He is an offensive lineman. Uh, I think even maybe of a left tackle, which is like, you know, the center, the left tackle is the most important position in, hmm. in football. What about the right tackle? Well, see, it's if you if you Most got a left-handed go left. quarterback, but it, it's all about protecting the the quarterback's blind side, which is traditionally gotcha. the left tackle for the right-handed yeah, quarterback. Yeah, because he's got the he's yeah, yeah, got his left side. So, so if you had, away. if you're, I, I'm assuming that if you are a left, if if you had a lefty quarterback, then yeah. the right tackle would be the. But but that's supposedly the right tackle is or uh, is the most intelligent, maybe the center. Like they're the two most intelligent guys, even on the same team. Could you swap a left and right tackle and still have it as effective of a line? Sometimes or? you do crazy stuff. Like I remember, like our our famed center for the Colts, Jeff Saturday, uh, for like this crucial game, playoff game. There was a un, there was a, a a problematic matchup on the defense, and he's usually our center. He actually switched to tackle, just like I'm the best guy on this line. <laughs> this is not even my position. I'm going to neutralize this guy, and he did. It actually worked. And that's, but, you know, that's similar to what we've got here in the show, right? Like, this guy is the best guy on the line, yeah, period. Yeah. Uh, and he's putting these other guys to shame. Yeah, yeah. But I that was awesome. I thought it was interesting because up until he actually excelled in, I think, a game. Well, no. It I, was, I, it was spring training, right? The, or whatever yeah, training yeah, yeah. they when, I kind of started thinking that, that there was going to be some kind of bad trick played on him. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, the, just the way that they the way were, they were him, shitting on him before. Yeah, and then they called him, and they're like, good news, big man, you made the team. And then they hang up, it's like, that couldn't have gone better. And I'm like, oh, he's going to get the train, like, for opening day, and they're just going to punk him. So so was this... And the buildup where everybody's, yeah. like, this crazy, almost like Caligula opening day <laughs> where guys are riding in on fucking camels and... And he's just like, and then thrones built out of the Laker girls, and and he shows up in like you know his minivan or whatever, and he's throwing up. I'm like, oh, they're gonna punk him. But there yeah. again, the fucking hip hop started bumping, and he got his game face on, and everything was okay. And he schooled a few guys, yeah. I also, I, I kept, I kept on being afraid for this guy because like that time where he was, because he was selling cars. Because apparently he's another guy who blew through all of his money. Although they had a comfortable life. No, I, I think they were okay. But he wanted to do that just to do something because he was something bored. To do, yeah. Uh, when he was pushing that SUV yeah. up the incline, a heart I'm like, attack. Oh, oh he's or, gonna, or his back is going to uh-huh. explode right and before if, he gets this offer for a job. Oh god! But again, like uh, nothing bad happens to these characters, and I wonder if they're going to yeah. be able to turn that corner where bad things will start happening to them. Probably so. Yeah, like season one, I think is feel good. You know, everybody gets out of their jams, all that stuff. Um, the one, the one thing that's disappointing me in that is is, is Ricky, the wide receiver, yeah. uh, kind of making up with his father. I didn't yeah, like that. Kinda. I can't really tell where they stand at this point. Like, I, I felt like his father got a few good jabs in, and he did too. And they're on a road to reconciliation, which I don't like. I. I feel like it's, it's there a little needs too to be more boy named a, Sue kind of thing, you know, like uh, yeah. it's like I left you to give you that fire in your belly because I knew that's what you'd need. Bullshit. Like, you. you left me because you're a right. A, a asshole. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're selfish. <laughs> yeah. In the same way that I'm I mean, I I like the fact that him meeting his father would have give him insight into his own life because he's going down the same path, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, often what happens to people. But him. And then maybe letting maybe that's the angle they're going, letting go of the anger for his father. But like to me, it's like I, as a person who has issues with their parents and legitimate ones, mm-hmm. I think it's bullshit. The society is like, you know, you should maintain good relationships with your parents or reconcile with them at all costs. Okay, like I that dude was a shit, and he was gone. The only time, the only reason he showed up is because you started talking shit about him in an interview mm-hmm. and told the world what a shitty father he was. Yeah, he would have never he's, come back. If, he's, if you he's were kind of borderline insulted. Like, what the fuck? If you were packing trucks at a factory, at a warehouse. He would never come back. He wouldn't have given a shit about you. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, the wrinkle that his father was independently wealthy and kind of a baller. I mean, that was kind of interesting. Wasn't only, he a football player as well? Yes. Okay. But it's only interesting in the way that it would inform Ricky about his life and maybe he can fix it. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, actually looking back now in hindsight, um, the 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 thing where the, the guy gets the, the retired guy gets the, the job on the team. Yeah, I guess. Is it the Dolphins? Yeah. Miami Dolphins. Um, I, I guess what they were doing to him is probably driving his price down, maybe. Like getting him to think, well, I'm barely good enough to get back into this. Or maybe they're trying to light a fire in his ass because he was a little too. Or that, yeah. Uh, maybe both. Deferential. <laughs> I I don't know. I. Hmm. The other one that bugged me is when Spencer went to see this former mistress of his <laughs> that was blackmailing one of his clients, mm-hmm. and she made some real kind of like cogent points about how women are kind of used by these types of people. Yeah. Um, 
But again, no consequences at all. He essentially said, hey, man, I'm really sorry. I grew up since then. And she's like, oh, okay. And then everything was fine again. Yeah. But you're going to you're going to buy me a drink or whatever. And then yeah. we're going to be fine. Which I get again. Which it's I'm like, not certain that they're fine. You know, like mm-hmm. that could come back to bite him again. Yeah. I, I in season two, it's like they could keep doing this where there's no consequences. Just fun. Sure. But I feel like to be to hold my interest, they're going to have to start having some kind of consequences. And there's going to have to be a little bit more depth to it. I think they will. If if they're going to follow the pattern of Entourage, they definitely will. Yeah. Things will get more and more complicated as we get into the show. Yeah. Um, and consequences will start to become more and more real. Certainly not a show for everybody. Like, my girlfriend noped out on it pretty early. Didn't give a shit. Yeah. I, I, don't say I that mean, like... you have to kind of go in not giving a shit in the first place, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can't care too much about, oh, this needs to be tightly plotted or... Yeah, no. It's I not that kind of show. Experience. It's, no. it's not that kind of show. But it is a fun show. Definitely. Definitely. It was something I look forward to watching, like, uh, on my Monday evenings. All right, let's talk about Narcos. I was excited about Narcos because I had known a lot about the Pablo Escobar situation because I got interested in the works of Mark Bowden. He's the guy that wrote Black Hawk Down. I read the book, then saw the movie. Notice he wrote this other kind of similar oral history about uh, the manhunt for Pablo Escobar called Killing Pablo. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about that book is like, the entire se- first season of Narcos is contained within the first 50 pages or so of Killing Pablo, and the main meat of the book is what I presume is going to happen next, the actual manhunt. So you've seen all of Narcos at this point, right? Yeah, I've seen all of Narcos, okay. and season you have too, one. right? Yeah. Okay. So m- early going, um, I wasn't as engaged. Like I feel like the when people watching this, and they didn't know about Pablo Escobar and this real-life history, and a lot of the stuff oh, is based man. on reality. Yeah, if you don't know anything about it, it must have been just mind blowing after mind blowing after <laughs> mind blowing. But I like knew all this, so I was like, okay, okay. this is interesting, and these performances are excellent. Mm-hmm. But then around episode four or five, I started really getting drawn into the pathos of Pablo Escobar, hmm. and kind of like I don't want to say he's a tragic figure because he's also a monster, but there was a there is a point where. If he could have let go of his gangster stuff, he might have been able to do truly good things for his country, and he sure. might be rem- be remembered in a completely different way. But he couldn't do it. Yeah, he couldn't let go, even though. And I mean, that's a, you're talking about a guy who his heyday was making sixty million dollars a day in the eighties. That's a shitload in of money. Colombia. He yeah. had a eight hundred houses. I mean, what's the GDP of Colombia in the eighties? Not that. I don't know that it is that, yeah. Uh, and he was the head of this extremely po- – the most powerful cartel, and he had all these politicians in his pocket. And mm-hmm. the other thing that was interesting is on the heroic side, like the first politician that stands up and says enough of these narcos. Oh, man. That's bravery. But what about the 10th guy? The uh, other nine have all heroism. been whacked. In my opinion, that's heroism. It's it's stupidity, but it's yeah. also heroism. Because the same thing, you, like when you, you watch me, a go- little insane to be a hero of that caliber. When you're in that community, like, what is the incentive to, like, you know, Pablo famously said, you can take silver or lead. Mm-hmm. I forget what is a plot plot. Uh, I, I forget what those I, I don't know is that, exactly. but he yeah. said a lot of times. Mm-hmm. What is the incentive to ever not take? Because it's like you can have all this money, mm-hmm. free money. Or you can die. That's not really a decision. Yet there's yeah. so many guys 
And again, it's not like the first guy who thought of it. That's impressive enough. But like the 10th guy that uh-huh. steps up and, and puts himself in a fire. It's just it's really heroic. It is. It is. And I mean, that's that's part. So a couple of things fascinated me about this, both the heroism involved in this from DE agents um, working in Colombia all the way up to everyone in the Colombian government who ste- stepped up. Yeah. Um, everyone in the public who stepped up and became a politician or 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 anything in opposition to Pablo Escobar. Uh, it, it amazes me that there are people out there who would literally take their life in their hands and say, I'm going to do this for the good of other people because yeah. it's not for their own good. I mean, sure. they like you said, they could take the silver. Mm-hmm. It's for other people. And that's that's truly astounding. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that really interested me about this show that I didn't. I didn't know because I haven't read that book. I had mm-hmm. seen like documentaries about like, oh, we're going to hunt this guy and we're going to kill him yeah. because here's all the the horrible violence he's committed. Well, right. I didn't realize how much of a barrel he had this entire country over. Like there was nothing they could do but let him build his own prison, his his own luxury prison up on a mountain and guarantee that they wouldn't come near it. Yeah. That's shocking how much control he had in that country. That was the best compromise they could get for him it, they had to get him to turn himself in and into and stay his in own, a luxury it, palace it, which was essentially a castle because at this yeah. point he was under attack from people from the outside too it's true yeah and what was really interesting is by like halfway through his sentence pablo turned this around to where this was a real punishment like yes, I, yes. I am incensed that I can't go and do whatever the fuck I want. Well, I think even it's though that I have same... all these girls and a football pitch and my family's right there to see me, and I can, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, bring in anything I want. I can at do any anything time. I want and see anyone that I want. He just can't leave. That lack that that lack of freedom just stuck in his craw. And I think it's the made same. Made Mac the fool. Made this, him paranoid. Well, yes. I mean, I think he's always kind of been paranoid <laughs> but that's the thing is like he started shit like his supporters mm-hmm. it's like you guys are still on the outside i'm gonna do a war tax yeah and just keep making it bigger and making it bigger and making it bigger for no reason at all yeah i think Insane. it's the same the same thing that made him not be able to step back and say i'm gonna get out of this and be a politician yeah it's the same bug the same brain bug that I also thought it was that. really interesting about the fact that he was like the stoner philosopher but also incredibly cruel and violent yeah like, that's something you don't, you know, you don't feel, feel like, you know, you don't think of Hitler as, like, someone smoking doobies. But, like, this, this portrays him as a honest-to-God pothead. Yeah, oh, he's always smoking a joint. and But he's also always planning bloodshed and violence and murder. Yeah. Uh. So. Yeah, it's weird. I, that's I, a stereotype that got dispelled. I mean, it's a guy with a lot of ambition who has nothing to lose and is just going to go for broke. I mean, that's. That's really who he is, you know? The other thing that was interesting is like you talk about the heroism of the DEA agents, which I agree. Yeah. Um, and also, the other reason to watch this is if you like Prince Oberon, if you like Pablo Pascal. Oh, yeah. He's awesome. He is fucking the man in this, uh-huh. uh, again. Uh, actually, unlike Prince Oberon, he wasn't actually fucking the man. <laughs> and the way he's, he's just a ladies' uh, man in this one. But yeah, that's he's, true. he yeah. is actually the man. He's um, fucking the hookers. He's fucking everybody. I mean, he's, he, is, yeah. he is a ladies' man in this. Um, you're right. They display heroism, but in the larger backdrop of the war on drugs, like remember when we first see this guy, he's essentially beating up hippies Uh that are selling several ounces of weed. And that was like a big score for the DEA at the time. 
Yeah. And you're like, See, this, this started off fucked up, and this also is what allowed Pablo Escobar to become the monster he was. If drugs weren't it's true, and that's the thing, that's that's the reason why I am hesitant about like, oh, well, let's just legalize marijuana and call it good. That's not going to just do anything about the Mexican cartels that are right now. Like that's the thing. Like twenty years from now, we're going to see some documentary on Netflix or some series about how murderous the Mexican cartels are. And yeah. like, I mean, they're they kind of make Pablo Escobar look like a joke. Yeah, I mean, uh, sure. the The border skirmish stuff is going to be. But that's still like, you know, that's the thing with heroin and coke and all that. It's like as bad as they are in society, it's hard. It's 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 hard for me to to look at, you know, them crim- criminalizing those drugs and think that that the, the prohibition on them is not worse. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like institutionally, it's a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. I think individually, these people are heroes, you know? Yes. I mean, once you're in that situation and it's cl- clear that the institutions are not going to let it drop, sure. let it die you stepping up and doing the things that need to be done to catch this horrible person. But that was, yeah, but that was fascinating it's too. Crazy. The fact that crazy. Columbia couldn't just let America come in and declare yeah, martial law. A lot of political pressure there. Well, who wants that? Like who the fuck who want, wants what? Like, let's say that Canada got a wild, like, you know, that they're tired of heroin coming over into their country. And it turns out, you know, I'm sure that a lot of it is exported from to America. They just started rolling into Washington and saying, hey, we're going to throw money behind your presidential races and we're going to shape the leaders we want. And we're going to support other regimes in like Mexico and Cuba and the Bahamas to be antagonistic towards you. Like this went all into the Iran-Contra scandal. It went into the Noriega scandal. Uh, Like (laughs) it talked about like how kind of fundamentally fucked up it made the geopolitical part of this mm-hmm. and how no one gave a shit about Pablo Escobar until they found out he was he working was with some of the communists yeah. and he uh-huh. wasn't even he was just paying them to land on the airfields he didn't give a he, shit he would have paid anybody he's not a communist no. my god he doesn't he doesn't care who's moving his drugs as long as they can move them although i say he's not a communist but he was kind of like i feel like he had a problem with the corruption in Colombia and how the fat cats are kind of running the country and he sure. had designs to fix that from within. Yeah. But his problem was, is he wouldn't give up being a drug dealer. Like again, <laughs> I, I wonder when he ran for office, if he just gave up being a drug dealer at that time with however many billions he had. Yeah. I wonder if you can. What do you mean? Like if he stops doing it, certainly what, what do all of his underlings do? They go on to continue the operation, of course, and it's not connected to him, though. But can you survive that kind of move? It's it's yeah, like a mob thing. Now you don't how, have any power. how the fuck do you get out of it? Yeah, I mean, like, it's a yeah. You're you know right. too many people. You know too much. You can't just take your billions and go home. I mean, you can, but then you don't have all the gunmen that's going to protect you. And yeah, now all your enemies are able to get to you. It's I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough situation. He I mean, he found was himself well, I mean, because instead of like. The popular stuff was just a way to get elected. It seems like at one point the the show makes it a point that he wanted to start a narco state. Like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah like we're going to have a, a a complete, you know, we're going to own this kind of like uh, what they're trying to do, Boardwalk Empire at Cuba. Yeah, like you know, yeah. and and that, this have also an the entire Godfather, country yeah. that you sure just run. Yeah, there's you don't have to worry about being prosecution because you set the rules. Yeah, that'd be. Interesting. So it could have gone far worse, actually, for the Colombian people. <laughs> yeah. Had he come to power and been able to implement his plan. 
Maybe it would have been worse. But I don't know. For the common people, if he was like pumping money into schools and the the thing is the violence. But then I mean, then the you got to start only, bombing, right? Then you got to start killing. You got to start a war at that. But point, if right? you, that's the thing. The that's the irony of the drug war uh-huh. is that it needs both sides to be bloody. Like if one side just says, you know what, fuck it, legalize drugs, then uh-huh. suddenly. There is no – it can something that can be legitimately taxed and regulated and, you know, you, prosecuted for. And if the drug dealers, like, took over a country, there's no more fighting or bombing because they own all the politicians and the and if they funnel money into the – I don't know if Pablo would actually do that, if he'd actually funnel money into the schools and – and and buy people soccer pitches and do all that kind of stuff. But if he did, then I mean, it's I mean, like, like the people of Colombia might have been better off in a narco state is what I'm saying. Well, until it goes to the geopolitical scale, right? Like then you've got – Until the United States and then force recon marines yeah. and stuff. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> if, if you're just exporting shit to Miami and with hundreds and hundreds of tons a day, like – they're not going to be happy about that, even if it is a legitimate state, you know? I wonder what you think of the book Clear and Present Danger. Mm, I don't know. It's don't it's know. essentially a fictionalized... Tom Clancy. Yeah, right? Tom. It's yeah. like what, what America would do if they actually got serious about winning the war on drugs. It's a... It's not a Harrison Ford movie, is it? It was. It was a really shitty okay. adaptation of that <laughs> I feel that like book. I've seen it, but it was so long and ago. And it's very standalone. It doesn't involve a lot of the other Jack Ryan characters and huh, it okay. it's doesn't it's it's a it's a a discrete part of the series. It doesn't bleed into the others. It I think if you're interested in the narco stuff and you know, you you've read Killing Pablo, then I, I Clear and Present Danger I thought was really fascinating. Yeah, I've just never tried to get into the Tom Clancy stuff because I've never had a head for politics. Well, they're they're intense. Like it's it's oh, it's you're you're talking seven eight hundred pages. Yeah, of <laughs> and of... there are like seven eight hundred of them. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's a definitely a point where they start getting really shitty. Ah. Um, some people argue maybe they've always had. Eh, them, I'll just but... play the games. There you go. Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six. Anything else? I mean, obviously they're going to have a second season, but this is not one of those shows that you can just run forever. Uh, so the dude playing Pablo Escobar is fucking fantastic. In fact, he's what made, I mean, I think he's what helped me turn the corner because he gives him a, it's hard to completely hate him. It is so damn interesting. But it's all like at times it's hard to hate him. At times it's very easy to hate him. That's true. And you, I really love to see the duality of that person. Um, and he portrays it so well. And I don't, I don't know if it's like his face. Because he's got kind of a face that yeah. says, maybe this guy's a little shady and not all there. But well, like the real life, this thing is like, I, I wrote on the forums that this guy played Pablo Escobar better than the real life Pablo Escobar played Pablo Escobar. Oh, and they're super generous. Like, he's a movie star, Escobar, right? Like, mm, yeah. <laughs> Pablo Escobar doesn't look as nearly as good as this guy. No, he's a, go- he's a goofy looking dude. He is. He really is. Wearing his polo shirt. He looks, shirts he looks his- like the, he looks like the, uh, the mascot for like a taco truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he do- he totally does. Wait, wait, wait. So there, there is Don Pablo's, which do when they said Don Pablo's, uh-huh. I'm like, uh-huh. wait a sec, is this because you know we talked about the uh, El Rodeo yep. chain, yep, being and, a drug friend, and how that actually <laughs> turned out to be crooked and shady. Like, yep. is, did Don was Don Pablo's way back when a money laundering scheme for this, and then they went legit at some point, or maybe not. <laughs> maybe they never they went out yeah. of business. There you go. You know, I don't say there there's go. no Don Pablo's here. 
Thought Bob know, was killed. I'm not saying they are, but they are. <laughs> just we're just <laughs> asking questions in this podcast. Yeah. No, and I just wonder, like, to me, that this is the second season's got to be the last. It has to be, or they're going to commit the sin of stringing this along too far. Because to me, this is the perfect one-two punch. This was his rise and the pinnacle of his power, and the next season should yeah. be about his definitive fall. For sure. I like how they tease the tunnel that that he probably had these tunnels underground, this network that he could escape through and how come they go never, everywhere? How and come then the CIA with all of their assets couldn't? Yeah. Dis- it's like because they like pretty definitive. There are no tunnels. They must have been deep. I don't know, like real mm-hmm. deep. But you would think, like, if you can, I don't know. What do they use for that? Sonar or some shit? I don't it's know. It's not sonar. It's um whatever they use to to no, look. It's the same way that yeah, they they find um like lost temples, Ore deposits, and, and all yeah, that kind of Indian stuff, burial yeah. grounds and things like that. They're able to somehow use some kind of radar, ground penetrating radar, I think, to find. So yeah. they'd have to be hella deep. You would think so. I don't know. I thought it was cool, though, that he then they they mentioned it once in passing and then he did actually have a tunnel. Sure. <laughs> but he, he was using through. that was like his escape pod. He wasn't yeah. using it to to bring anything in or anything sure. like that. He was just doing that in the open. <laughs> he didn't give a fuck about in the that. Fucking, yeah. In the fucking open. Uh-huh. Uh, Trying to think of anything else I want to talk about on that. I I thought that it's so Seppenwall's main criticism is he didn't like the main DEA agent. I he thought he was kind of a lightweight and his like, he was doing the voiceover, which yeah, the producers of this talked about consciously doing like a Latin America Goodfellas, and that you know okay. that that narration, that kind of almost wry narration over everything, was one of the cornerstones of that approach. But they're like the contrast between his persona in the voiceovers and narration to his on-screen presence, and Cecily mentioned that too. Like she's like, I don't buy this guy as a D season DEA agent. He seems like he's uh, just out of college. Like if this was. You know, his first outing just out of college, I'd buy him, but she didn't buy him as a – and I, I I didn't have that problem. But, like, okay, so I, I maybe buy that at the beginning. He felt more fresh-faced than he should have, uh, given the voice that we hear in the narration. Mm-hmm. But you got to think, that that first job, if this is his first job in Columbia, that first job is a fucking doozy. Oh, no, shit. And that's going to change you significantly. So I can imagine him going from – like, there's an arc there, right? Uh-huh. From this kind of fresh-faced DEA agent who's maybe a little naive and not all in to a guy who has lived through some shit. Yeah. The other cool thing I like about it is the whole, like, you know, be careful about staring into the abyss because it might start staring, you know, the, the whole niche thing. Yeah. Because there's a lot of points where the good guys that are looking, trying to hunt down Pablo, you, in this environment, it it's like... With that. I they it, They ask the question of, is there another way to get this guy? Yeah. Like, do you have to become that which you despise to take him down? And it looks like the answer is yes. And that seems you to be... You have to be a ruthless death squad yeah. to catch this guy. And even the DEA guy, uh, he pulls some shit that's crazy by the end of the show. Well, I mean, it starts with the scene of them shooting up Poison uh, and, yeah, yeah, his, yeah. and his other guy. Which that guy, holy shit. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's funny killing to, babies and yeah we had this kind of, of esoteric discussion about evil and whatnot in a few podcasts ago but uh-huh. that guy's evil he's evil yeah 
I mean, he's just killing to kill. He's got something wrong with him. I mean, hitting a guy with a car just to get his count up. Yeah. Uh, telling his dude to shoot the baby. In the face. Because it might grow up to what? Remember it? No, he six, just wanted, I think yeah. he wanted to kill, I think yeah. he, I think he wanted the other guy, force the other guy to kill a baby as a test of loyalty. Yeah, probably. And maybe even as a joke. No, he, no, he's totally evil. But like, so that's that seems to be the crux of the series is how far do you have to go to catch this guy? What what does that turn you into? And is that justifiable? You know, like the, his narration at the beginning is over like, think, powder. Think whatever wanna... you want of me or something like this. Maybe I'm a bad guy, but yeah. but these guys are bad too, and sure. we got to do this. No, I get it. You can't let the guy like Pablo. But again, it's like. This is all started over white powder that people want to put in. Yeah, the, that people people want to pay money in America for and... wanted to put in their nose. Like, boy, did they ever! Like, that's the thing about the early '80s. Like, athletes died. Poly- yeah. you know, people. It it was ruining people's lives. No, no doubt about it. And so mm-hmm. much money was being spent on it, but they wanted to do it. Yeah. So, let them do it. A lot of I who mean, gives a shit if they want to stuff things in their nose. It's like that's the thing I don't Go think a lot it. of people understand about. Like at this point, it's percolated through the popular consciousness how much European and North American meddling in the the Middle East has fucked that up, and yeah, and kind of same thing with large parts of Africa. But I don't feel like it's in the consciousness how much fuckery went on in our hemisphere, like and Central and South America. On, yeah, like, uh, yeah. Still a lot of that. Uh-huh. I mean, this drug war is not over. <laughs> no, no, no. It's been going for decades now. Right. There's just different players, and yeah. you're just playing whack-a-mole, geopolitical whack-a-mole. Yep, chipping away at it, though. Uh, other th- Anything else you want to talk about? No, I think that's it. So there's one thing I want to talk about, because a lot of people have been clamoring for us to talk about Mr. Robot. So you and I sat down to watch the pilot episode... We had a positive reaction to it. I've mm-hmm. gone on uh, last night. I watched three more episodes. So I'm on episode four. No, I'm on episode five. And without spoiling anything, I want to ask the Bald Move family, what is the deal with the big bad, or at least who I think is the big bad at this point? Mm-hmm. This guy is every evil villainous trope, like six or seven Mm-hmm. tropey evil guy behaviors rolled into one character and it's like any two or three of those things would be getting a bit too much and i'm having a hard time taking him seriously it's like shockingly bad considering how nuanced and interesting everything else is hmm. okay. and it's not putting me off because again this is like a 90 percent good 10 percent bad but that 10 percent is really really bad and I'm wondering right. if there is something I talked about this a little bit on lunch and yeah, I think it was Anthony B that came forward and said that, yeah, there is a little bit of a twist that might make it worth it. But uh, I, I need him to get a lot better or have a solid reason for some of the bizarre things that I'm seeing with him for me to really put this into the caliber of great television. Hmm. Okay. It's interesting and good. And, but again, it's like, you know, you have to have a good villain. Yeah, Breaking Bad without Gus. I feel like you have to have almost a somewhat sympathetic villain, too. (laughs) Yeah. In a lot of cases. Like, I I go back to, like, Daredevil. Uh Kingpin is fairly sympathetic. Sure. uh, Even though he has some extreme behaviors as a result of his trauma. Yeah, it's like, I can see... Like, I don't agree, but I see where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. 
Not uh, what I would choose to do, but yeah, this is not my I reaction it. I to it. But I, I can <laughs> I can see where you got from point A to point B. Uh-huh. I I don't get that with this guy. Hmm. But again, okay. I'm only I'm less than halfway through it. Uh, I will say that if you this past you buy, because I feel like this caught a lot of people by surprise, you can get all of the episodes streaming for free on USA Networks. Uh, that's why it took a lot of people by surprise. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I ne- uh, you can get you can go to USA Network's website and you can watch all the full episodes. You have to go through that like verify that you're an actual cable subscriber, which if you're uh, a, in a rural okay. telecom, that probably is impossible. And I feel for you because I used back yeah. when I was on Hancock Telecom, I was always locked out of that cool episode. You know, being able to watch all this stuff for free. But yeah, I'm on the Cincinnati Bell, and Cincinnati Bell does not have a really. I thought they'd be big enough. They do on some, like they like do on HBO. County tele- rural telecom, like, okay, sure. I yeah. can't hate you for not having HBO Go. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Cornfield uh, no, Bumpfup net- Network. They did have HBO, but some of the some of the other services really? they didn't have, yeah. Mm. But yeah, that's 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 available there. And it's probably on, if you've got the on-demand, I, I believe it's it's on mm. there too. So you haven't, it's not too late to watch it for free. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, halfway through, I'm I'm highly recommending that. In fact, I I wouldn't be surprised if in the next few weeks, assuming that it's not a train wreck and and you get into it, that we might have a little season wrap up of it. Yeah, that'd be cool. I wouldn't mind talking about that. I think that's it. All right, feels like a good good bald move TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we don't really have any contact for this. Uh, if you want to discuss any of it, you can get on the forums at forums.baldmove.com. There's several rollicking multi-page threads of Mr. Robot that I am terrified to go into yeah, because some of them I are like far away. spoiler free, but then I heard from people that they got progressively less so and they're marked spoilers, but like I've been there. You just... It seems like once a week you'll get a new person popping up going, oh my God, you guys have to watch yeah, Mr. Yeah, yeah. Robot and starting a new thread and it's like, yeah. we got 90 pages of this, but... And if yeah. you... I'll tell you what, if it's if it's really good this season... And it's in a dead space for next year. It seems like the type of thing that Bald Move might cover. Yeah. Not going to make any promises because God knows when the schedule and <laughs> like what I'll feel about at the end. But yeah, like mm-hmm. I, I could, it would have been really interesting to speculate because there's a lot of swings back and forth about whether these are good guys or bad guys and what's going on. And there's unreliable mm-hmm. narration. And well, they're named Evil Corp. So I assume they're but bad guys. Even that was interesting because that's. <laughs> That's clearly a unreliable narration kind yeah. of thing. And yeah, it, I really like that. That's one of the things that drew me in is how they kind of played with the way is we are the and, and, and the way they frame this is like we as the audience are a figment of this guy's imagination that yeah. he's conjured as like an imaginary friend. Yeah, and, it's an interesting perspective, I guess. And they don't let that conceit go. That thing con- continues to roll through. And <laughs> okay. It's almost like fourth wall breaking, but not yeah. really because it's a construct of his head. And they really only set it up that once at the beginning. It keeps like, coming back. Like, he'll be like, if it's been a while since you had a voiceover, you'll hear a voiceover suddenly say, hey, I haven't forgot about you. I need you now more than ever or whatever. Oh, I mean, like, specifically in. as regards Evil, evil Corp. Yes. They set that up with just, like, a visual thing where they show you the E Corp logo morphing into Evil Corp. And, and then that's... it's Evil Corp from the rest of Yeah. <laughs> so it threw me for a second. I was like, is this company really called Evil Corp? Yeah. But I got some I other realized, thoughts. Oh, okay, There's some, yeah. some dodgy tech in in the the overarching plan i hate all of the female characters they're terrible terrible right. terrible yep um sounds pretty standard for television at the but moment. that that could that could come around yeah i don't know um but the core the 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 core the core cast of mr robot the actual central character 
uh, is really Elliot is really good. Do you have any idea why it's called Mr. Robot? Yes, I do. You'll find out in the first episode. Okay. All right. I need to finish that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, it's probably what will be coming down the pike. Uh, we've right in the middle of fear, of the walking dead, got the walking dead proper coming back next month. Fargo's coming back next month. Leftovers is coming back next month. <laughs> it's going to be a, uh, uh, of course, uh, American horror story is coming back. Lady Gaga this year, American horror story hotel oh. replacing Kathy Bates. I don't know who's coming back because that's, I heard that like last year was the last one for, um, ah, hell, what's the main girl that never, that shit. I don't know. The I don't watch woman. it. I, yeah. I've, I've forgotten. Um, I heard Sookie that she was Stackhouse. That's Sookie Stackhouse. That's American horror story, right? She said that this was her last <laughs> year and now I'm like, who knows? Like it's, yeah, who knows? Um, it's but I'm excited that I'll, I'll be doing that again with Cecily. So that'll okay. be fun. Cool. Is that I an announcement? Just, huh? Is that an announcement? Official? Yeah, sure. What the hell? <laughs> we've been talking about it internally. I don't think we've made an official announcement. Yes, but we will yeah. be covering. So I've just roped myself into a four podcast week. Perfect. Four show week. Woo! The in the in the year on. Yeah, but that's it. That uh, so yeah, we'll see you on the forums um, yep. and our various other doings goings on. All right. Oh, the other thing I'm excited to talk about in, coming in October is the uh, uh, Evil Dead. Oh yeah, Ash vs. Evil Dead. I don't know that we'll be ca- talking about that on a weekly basis, but certainly it's, it's something we will be watching day one and talking about yeah. in some f- capacity. Yeah, I'm sure it'll show up in Bald Move TV at some point. So keep an eye out for that. And I guess we'll see you guys around. Yep, see ya.